It's Friday, January 25th, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. Veterans returning home from military service, of course, face all kinds of challenges above and beyond the difficulty of transitioning back to civilian life, which can be considerable. Many vets also bring home PTSD and other injuries, both mental and physical. All too often, they struggle to get the health care services they need. But one organization in northeastern Pennsylvania is trying to help meet that need by getting wounded warriors outdoors. I think people underestimate the healing power of nature. I mean, World War One, World War Two, you know, Vietnam, you know, they didn't have treatments like we have today. Where these veterans went to is they went to the woods. They hunted and fished. And that was therapy for them. Patriots Cove in Wyoming County is a place where veterans and first responders with disabilities can do just that. But it's more than just therapy for the participants. It's also a habitat restoration project, reintroducing brook trout to a damaged waterway. We're healing an environment, we're healing people, and we're also showing that people with injuries that thought they didn't have a purpose still can do something valuable in their communities. We're speaking with Patriots Cove founder Jeff Swire on this edition of Pennsylvania Legacies. That's coming up. But first, some news and a request. All over the Commonwealth, people and organizations are doing extraordinary work to protect, restore, and enhance our environment. They do it mostly without compensation, and the vast majority of them never get the recognition they so richly deserve. But once a year here at PEC, we have a chance to highlight a handful of the most remarkable efforts around the state and to celebrate the people behind them, people like Jeff Swire and Patriots Cove. We're proud to host award ceremonies centered on each of the regions we serve, starting with the western half of the state in the springtime, continuing on with Philadelphia in the summer. Now, here comes the request. Nominations for the 2019 West Western Pennsylvania Environmental Awards are now open and will remain so until February 8th, which, if you don't have a calendar handy, is coming up. If you know of somebody who's made a difference in one of the region's 29 counties in Western PA, please pass it on using the online nomination form we've created at pecpa.org slash WPEA 2019 nomination. PECPA.org slash WPEA 2019 nomination. It's a bit of a mouthful. Not to worry. We've got it uh, posted in the show notes accompanying this episode that you'll find on the aforementioned PEC website, PECPA.org. Again, uh, look for the link in the show notes, but uh, bear in mind that deadline is coming up February 8th for the Western PA Awards. Now, if you're in northeastern Pennsylvania or if you know somebody there who deserves recognition, you can submit a nomination for the Environmental Partnership Awards to be held in October. Starting this year, we're doing that one a little differently. Nominations will be open year-round on a rolling basis from now on. That means any nominations received before June 30th will be considered for this year's awards. Not to worry, though, anything received after that date is still eligible, but not for this year. We'll simply throw it on the pile for 2020. Now, let's meet one of the winners recognized by the Northeastern Environmental Partners at last year's awards. Jeff Swire founded Patriots Cove along with his wife, Melissa, after an injury and subsequent complications ended his two-decade-long military career. What started out as a retreat where Jeff could heal in solitude soon turned into something much bigger. I got a chance to speak with him by phone back in December. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. 
Can you tell me how the idea for Patriot's Cove came about? What was the sort of origin story for this this project? Well, it's it started, um, you know, about two and a half years ago. Uh, I have some issues, health issues from my service. I was injured, uh, non-combat related in Iraq. And I came home uh, with a lot of physical and emotional challenges that I had to face. And my wife wanted to buy a piece of property for me to hunt and fish at my own pace and, and not really have to deal with the outside world, really. And this uh, property happened to have part of a trout stream, Beaver Run Waterway, that ran down through the middle of it. And shortly after we purchased the property, I had watched a segment of Pennsylvania Outdoor Life with um, Don Jacobs, and they were doing a trout habitat study on native brook trout, and they were talking about how those brook trout were in decline. And I was thinking, well, hey, you know, we have a stream. I, I know it used to have trout in it, but I didn't know if the stream itself had any opportunity to, you know, be productive. So I kind of, in a very short time, educated myself on what it would take. I finally found the Wyoming County Conservation District who had some testing equipment for waterways. And I asked them to do a testing of the, our waterway to see if there was something that we could do here to improve it or if it was worth improving it was it capable of holding trout to answer kind of those questions they agreed they came in and did some testing uh, while that was happening i also reached out to pennsylvania fish and boat and uh, got in touch with a, a man called dave keller dave keller was one of two trout habitat specialists here in pennsylvania and he came all the way up from State College and walked the waterway and said, you know, I don't know about the chemistry yet, but you have a beautiful stream and I think we can do something here as far as habitat. So the long and short of it is that we devised a plan collectively to clarify what was needed. There was a low, low dissolved oxygen and there was high phosphates. Uh, there were septic systems leaking into the waterway. Once we built the habitat, fixed the septic system, I knew we could do more. And kind of in the back of my mind, I was thinking, if there was trout in the water, why couldn't we let people fish it? At the beginning, I really didn't know how that was going to kind of come together exactly. But once we built the, the habitat and once we knew that we had improved the waterway where it was not only a, a sustainable fishery, but it was also rebounding, starting to rebound, we went right into making it handicap accessible for injured veterans and first responders. And uh, lo and behold, less than a year from our time building it, we opened our doors for the first event for um, injured veterans and first responders to fish our waters. So it's been a year and we have a flourishing wild brown trout population, a strong native brook trout population, and we're able to share that with people that we, we know that need this place to heal. Yeah, so if we can talk about that a bit, you you have this fascinating sort of two-tiered or double mission. You've built a refuge, a trout refuge, but also it's sort of a refuge for human beings in a way. And it sounds like that idea was always part of it from the, from the beginning. Can you talk about your personal experience coming home, retiring from the military? What was that like for you individually? And then how did that experience kind of inform your understanding of what other veterans are dealing with? Well, I'll be quite honest. I don't want to say that my transition from military service to the civilian life was necessarily typical. Uh, however, it wasn't unusual either. Um, I was injured in 04. Again, non-combat injury, that was ultimately what led to my release from military service after more than 20 years. I didn't want to leave the military. I loved the military. It was, you know, I had the 
the privilege and the honor of being able to do something that I wanted to do my whole life. I was able to do the, the perfect job for me. And unfortunately, I lost that opportunity. So when I left the military service, I was extremely sick and um, I was lost. It was a significant change in our financial stability. We were forced to change our entire life in a very short period of time. I went to a severe downward spiral emotionally. Physically, I was still getting very, very ill. Some significant injuries were permanent. And um, those injuries I, I continue to live with. So long story short, to be quite frank, I honestly kind of imploded. It took me five years really to kind of get my feet underneath me to stabilize. And um, Patriot's Code really helped me stabilize to the point where I'm safe and I'm healthy enough to do something positive, although my limitations are still there. I'm still able to make an impact on my community and still feel like I have a purpose. And that's what we're trying to share at Patriots Cove is, you know, we have injuries, we, we have scratches and dents, but we're not useless. That's what I'm trying to share with my brothers and sisters that come to the Cove that have lost the ability to do certain things like fishing. They may have thought that they would never be able to do that again, but we created a place that they can experience it again. And so the combination of an environmental effort and a humanitarian effort goes hand in hand. We're healing an environment, we're healing people, and we're also showing that people with injuries that thought they didn't have a purpose still can do something valuable in their communities and can move forward, albeit differently. Um, we still can do something positive in our lives. Do you feel like the just the experience of being outdoors, spending time fishing, has did that play an important role in your own healing process? And do you see other people going through the same kind of thing? Absolutely. You know, I think people underestimate the healing power of nature. I mean, World War One, World War Two, you know, Vietnam. You know, they didn't have a diagnosis like PTSD back then. It was shell shock or battle fatigue. So they didn't have treatments like we have today. But most people don't realize where, where these veterans went to is they went to the woods. Yeah. They hunted and fished. And that was therapy for them. And so what we're doing is we're going back. We're taking people back to nature, away from the chaos of their lives, not to run from it, but to, to take a pause briefly so that they can, one, understand that what they thought maybe was taking away from them that they just have to find a new way of doing it. And secondly, that there is a new purpose, that they still have value. And through nature, we see that it's going back to the basics of life, that we find new, a new beginning. That you know, it maybe sounds a little trivial or whatever, but not at all. It, it seems to work, you know. Well, you know, I mean, the first you mentioned World War One and shell shock. The first thing that I thought of when I was reading about Patriots Cove and the work that you're doing, I flash back on this great Hemingway story, uh, Big Two Hearted River. Do you know that story? Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you just described. It's this guy who's been through this yeah. harrowing experience, uh, and he comes home. And the story is, it's not about the war. It's not about you know what's going through his mind. It's just a uh, you know detailed description of camping and fishing and hunting. And you know he. He's just yeah. spending time in the wilderness. So the sort of the healing power, the therapeutic benefits are something that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I think increasingly there's also science to back that up. The other Correct. piece of what you're doing for the people that you serve, the sort of restoring a sense of purpose and mission in life, 
I don't know if it's formally part of your mission to, you know, to get veterans engaged in conservation issues, whether that's volunteering or advocacy or, or whatever. But regardless, what role do you see former service members and others uh, being able to play in advancing those? Well, here's the thing. A lot of times military experience does not fit in a paragraph mm-hmm. or in a, a job description. Our knowledge base is multifaceted. We have extreme diverse knowledge in a wide array of things. And to say that we have a specific you know, skill set uh, is not always the case. I was combat arms most of my career, so you can't put me or my experiences necessarily in a a nice clean box, right? But what we do bring is this skill set of project management and things that we can do in a very unique and efficient way. So to me, Patriot's Cove is a modular idea. And I say this because Patriot's Cove is basically a piece of land on a waterway that is, for all intents and purposes, private. And a landowner donated a piece of it to the cause of giving disabled veterans or injured veterans and first responders. Now, if you take it from this standpoint, what if on any other small tributary in the state or across the country, a group of landowners do the same thing? That one of the landowners or a a collection of them make a decision to say, I'm going to allow access and we're going to make an investment through donations or through support to create a place for a group of people. Let's say it's children with cancer or any other disease or any other group of people that are in need of healing. And the rest of the waterway is part and parcel of a bigger mission that men and women like myself bring to us a skill set that we can help fix and clean up a waterway, the entire waterway. See, Patriot's Cove's mission is not just to do Patriot's Cove, not that three-quarters of a mile. We want to clean up the entire four-and-a-half miles of Beaver Run waterway. So we see ourselves as an army of people, like-minded, injured or not, that we can get engaged to volunteer our time to not only help each other through the act of working on a waterway or, or whatever, but also providing a place for others. I mean, who we are is, you know, people that serve others. We're servants of our community. We're servants of our country. And I think many of us continue, even after our military service, to do those same same things. We join the fire departments. We join the police departments, EMS. So why not? get other veterans and first responders or whatever, these same folks geared to doing a like mission that helps our environment and helps a group of people that need access to this environment. Well, I mean, it's really exciting to hear you talk about the way that this idea could be replicated and scaled up. Why can't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's timely, too, because I don't know how closely you followed this bit of legislative news, but just in the last couple of weeks, the state legislature has passed a law that I suppose amended an existing law that's supposed to make it easier for private landowners to open their property and, and, you know, share those resources with the community and, you know, take some of the liability off of them potentially and make it easier for them to be compensated for that. I'm wondering what you think from your standpoint and the work that you're doing 
the state's role can be or county or municipal governments? What kind of support at the policy level would best empower you to do and other groups like yours to, to do this kind of work across the Commonwealth? Well, there has to be an agreement or a close collaboration between landowners, organizations like ours that are willing and able and interested in sharing what we've done on the Beaver and Waterway as, again, as a model that can be transferred or replicated anywhere in the state or in any, anywhere in this country. We need the landowners on a small tributary, conservation districts, and DEP with the support of government to say, this waterway is sick for whatever reason. Here's the challenges. Let's say it's high phosphates, which most of these or a lot of these small tributaries, because of the nature of our of Pennsylvania, especially rural Pennsylvania, these old towns and so on and so forth, these septic systems and everything, the old septic systems need to be refurbished, especially these homes that are right on small tributaries. These small tributaries feed into bigger you know, waterways and so on and so forth. Well, just like Beaver Run, and not, and not picking on Beaver Run or anybody that lives on Beaver Run, but the fact is, is that, you know, these are antiquated systems that may need restoration or repair. These families, these homes, these residents don't have the money to do this. However, there are organizations and people that are willing to support to do this at a fraction of the cost. So we we do the biggest biggest piece. We go in, we find the problems, we talk to the landowners and say, hey, we want to help you, not hurt you. We want to help fix this problem. This, so let's say it's a septic system. Let's say it's a runoff issue or, or whatever. And at no cost to the landowner, we, we support that. And then right in the first first movement, we get the support of the local government to say, yes, this is, this is going to benefit not only the landowner, but it's also going to benefit the waterway because we're going to take out something that's a pollutant. And that pollutant is also having a direct effect on our aquatic life. Then we go back in and evaluate habitat to improve, not aggressively, but improve for any fish species or whatever that are there to ensure that you know, the native brook trout. Now, going backwards, if we don't do this work on smaller tributaries, any habitat work that you try to do, in most cases, on a bigger waterway will get ripped up by flooding. It'll never hold. It's been proven time and time again. Now, we have had high water, as you know, all year this year. We've had more rain this year than we've had in decades. Patriot's Cove has not lost one piece of habitat. And that's because we're on a smaller waterway. And even though we get high water, that water is not so aggressive that it tears things to pieces. However, you, if you tried to do it in the next larger waterway, you know, th- that habitat would not be able to withstand that pressure. So your best bang for the effort, you know, your, your best impact is going to be restoring these smaller waterways, cleaning up and repairing these smaller waterways that you know that the habitat is going to stay, right. that the effort that you're putting in is going to last. And to sort of work your way up from there. Yes, yes. And so if you're going to clean up the smaller waterways, the bigger, bigger waterways are going to all automatically going to be positively impacted. Mm-hmm. Here's something else to look at. We have a lot of work happening across the state where timber is being cut down. One of the primary pieces of structure that you need to build trout habitat structure is, is hemlock. Well, as we know, a lot of hemlock have been affected by the woolly adelgid, other issues. So if we harvest these trees, if they're being cut down anyway, 
if they would be set aside in stage for habitat, they would not be wasted. They could be repurposed for habitat and that would, you know, save lumber from possibly laying on the ground and rotting away when it could be used for something positive at no cost to anybody else or a minimal cost. So there's resources there that could be reused or repurposed that would save tons and tons of money for the communities that are trying to do this work. You may find this quite surprising, but we put in 34 hemlock logs with 15 volunteers in four days. Wow. If that can be done in a three-quarter mile stretch of waterway, then why can't that be replicated anywhere else? Yeah. You know, I've come from a background where anything's possible with the right planning and the right people with the right energy. Yeah. Well, it's such a fascinating innovation and, and such an inspiring story. I, I really appreciate your spending some time with us to talk about it and, you know, for everything you've done. Th- thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. And again, it's not just me. It's, it's every volunteer that has been part of the Cove, both for the people that we take care of that we're so proud to be able to help and the environment that we steward that we, we want to make better. Because without the environment, we don't have a fishery that we can share. It has to go hand in hand. So that's what we're hoping. Well, we wish you the best of luck with all that. It was great talking with you, Jeff. Thank you so much. That's Jeff Swire, co-founder of Patriots Cove and a 2018 winner of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Environmental Partnership Award. You can learn more about their mission at patriotscove.org. And you can nominate a conservation hero in your neighborhood for one of this year's awards. If you're in the Northeast, you have until June 30th to submit a nomination for 2019 honors. In Western PA, the window is a little bit tighter. Again, our nomination deadline for the Western Pennsylvania Environmental Awards is February 8th. Find the online nomination form at peckpa.org slash WPEA 2019 nomination, or check the show notes for this episode. It'll be posted alongside this podcast release on the Peck website, where you can, of course, find much more on all the work Peck does all over the Commonwealth, work in watersheds, in energy and climate, in trails and recreation, engaging communities and helping grow local economies around the uh, outdoor recreation industry, which is flourishing in our state right now. We want to see that continue. Again, check out Peck pa.org for the latest from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council and sign up for our monthly email update in case you missed it. Look for the email sign-up link on our website as well. Follow us on Twitter at PECPA and look for us on Facebook. The Pennsylvania Legacies podcast comes out every other Friday, again, on our website as well as on all the other places where podcasts are found, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Player.fm, and elsewhere via RSS. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rawlerson. Thanks for listening.